Well, so to the final of the men's single skulls. Quite simply, everybody who should be here is here. This is the man they've all got to beat, the defending champion, Mahe Drysdale, representing New Zealand. The hacker now being closed on a little bit by Scenic and Drysdale. Drysdale really waking up to the fact that he's got to put some pace in. Yeah, and he's left it in this, these conditions. He's left it light because it is rough. And it's going to put a premium on really good sculling. This is a test of technique. It's a test of hardship. But this is fantastically difficult to come back in those conditions, David. And he now is accelerating. Yeah, just look at that push on the finish. He's found some extra second half acceleration and he's locking in quickly and I think he's moving back on Hacker and we're in for a hell of a finish. This is 250 metres to go and look at the applause from the fans. They know that they are looking at an outstanding field. This is fit for an Olympic final, let alone a World Championship final. As they come in front of the grandstands, this is a privilege. Drysdale is overhauling Hacker. Hacker looks worried and he looks to his left and Drysdale's on terms. Yeah, and look, I think Hacker's gone, but no, Hacker's gone again. What a fantastic, where's he found that burst from? And Drysdale, well, it was a sustained burst, but he's going to have to go again, and here he goes. Drysdale goes again. Hacker, the shoulder's just beginning to rock a little bit. Drysdale comes up alongside him. Hacker with Drysdale as they drive towards the line. They're in the last few strokes to the finish, and it is the champion who's defended his title. That is a fantastic men's single skulls final, and a fantastic race by the men who take gold and silver. Drysdale the gold. Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa, it brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role as high Compassion, great passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another amazing episode of The Row Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton. And it's me, Jake Green. And today we have the second part of Mahe Drysdale. Uh, and, and, you know, the first part was amazing. And I just chatting to such a legend of the sport, you know, one of the all-time greats. It was one of the best chats we've ever had. In this episode, we get to uh, understand a little bit about what happens behind the scenes of Mahe Drysdale, get into his training you know, his technique, his routines. Um, we touch on a bit about what he's doing at the moment and we talk about the future and, of course, the quickfire questions, eh, Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, oh, if you guys thought part one was good, I think part two is on another level. I Honestly, it is... The Mahi episode is one of my favorite episodes of all time and he was one of the best guys to, to interview. You know, the most incredible results, yet he's so humble, so down to earth and always just striving for that perfection. And I think if... Uh, you listen to to his episode you can there's so many good takeaways from that and like i don't know you just the the way he just tackles problems is just unbelievable so i really enjoyed yeah. this episode i think uh there's so much behind the scenes and then also talking about him going on to to tokyo 2021 was amazing and uh and really exciting and i hope we we get to see him do some real damage down the track in 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 Tokyo this year, that'll be that'll be really just put the the icing on the on the top of this uh, amazing story of his. But 
before we we move on to the episode, guys, we have launched our Patreon account. And we're really, really excited to to take the step for the row show. It's a huge step for us. It means that we can really uh, start upping the the quality of our content and bringing it to you guys more frequently and just really take the roadshow to the next level. Yeah, I mean, just a massive shout out to the the people that have subscribed to us on Patreon. Uh, you guys are amazing. I'm actually, I was quite taken aback how quickly, you know, people signed on and just the, the feedback we've gotten has been awesome. So, you know, that's been great. And then for all the, you know, for all the listeners out there, the roadshow will continue to be free. We will continue to release episodes like we always have. So nothing's going to change. We just have a new dynamic where people can support the show and help us take the step to the next level and change the game here at the Row Show. Yeah, so and if you guys don't uh, know what Patreon is, it's basically a subscription service. And what we've set up is three different tiers where if you, depending on how much you, you guys want to support the show, you can go there, you can have a look at the tiers. And tier one is literally just support $3 a month, literally buy us a coffee a month. And uh, we will appreciate that a huge amount. And that's just to to give us your love. And then tier two, $6, and you guys get early access to, to the row show. And you get um, added to to our WhatsApp group. So early access means you're just going to get uh, two episodes in advance. So for the the guys, uh, if you're listening to this, Mahip Drysdale Part 2 is coming out on the free feed now. But it's been out for for two weeks already on the Patreon account. And there's Ilza Paulus already out on the Patreon account. So that's uh, a fair amount earlier. So if you're really chowing through our episodes a little bit quickly and you want to get them a little bit sooner, that's a that's a really good way. And then our WhatsApp group is literally just to to kind of interact with you guys, get your opinions, talk about upcoming ep- episodes, upcoming interviews that we have going, uh, get your questions in for, for the athletes that we're going to chat to. So there's it's a really cool dynamic and, you know, it's already taken off quite a, quite a lot and there's uh, some good discussions on that group. So that's really awesome. And then our final tier, this is for the kind of rowing fan that just uh, always wants more. And there's all sorts on there. And, and we're kind of still going to develop this one a little bit more, but it's extra content and, you know, kind of bringing you guys into the, the row show community and making you part of, of the show. You can listen in live to, to episodes that we record and bonus content and any extra episodes such as the great debate or episodes like that will, will only be for, for those, uh, that top tier group. So Really interesting stuff from us. And yeah, I hope that that's not uh, too much of a mouthful for you guys. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you got it all there, Lawrence. And yeah, besides that, guys, thanks for the amazing support. Of course, we have our social feeds. You can go support us on there. But besides that, I think the only thing we have left to say is enjoy the episode. It's a banger. So we've covered uh, all the, the, the big Olympic Games and, and it's been pretty chronological and we, we've gone through a lot of the detail, but there's a few things that, that's, I don't know, kind of stuck out that we, we kind of wanted to dig into a bit before we get to, to our quickfire questions. And uh, the big one, especially for, for, for us, was the technique and like how you manage. I mean, your career is, is you've had a really long career you know, most athletes don't uh, don't row for that long. And how have you managed to, you know, k- stay sharp on the technique and not kind of fall behind or, or get stuck in, in a certain way of doing things and, and still be able to make changes and make progress uh, coming up, especially coming up to the, the 2016 Olympic Games? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think there's, the great thing about rowing is, is you're never perfect. 
you know, no matter how good you are, there's always something you can improve on. So, um, you know, that, that's always been a, a driver for me is, is, you know, is, you know, how can I get better and what can I do to get better? So, you know, no, I've rode for 20 years and, and, you know, yes, I've had a couple of perfect strokes, but I've never had a race where I've had 220 perfect strokes. Um, there's always, you know, the, there's always something you can do better and you look back at the video and you're like, oh, I could do this or do that. Or, so, you know, that's, that's always been that, you know, just, just trying to continually improve and, and, and get better every day. And, and that's, I guess, what, what drives you to, to keep going because, um, you know, you've always got something to, to aim for. I think as soon as you, uh, if you ever did have the perfect race, you'd, you'd probably just say, okay, well, that was it. Um, I, c- I can't be better than that. So, um, you know, the only, the only thing to motivate you would be, can I do that again? So, um, you know, it's something, I, I guess, technically, uh, there's always little things to, to improve. And, um, a lot of, a lot of my technical stuff has, has, you know, the, the big changes, I guess, um, you know, probably a, uh, quite a big change, uh, going into, to London, like through to 11, sort of two twelve, And, you know, that was driven a lot by my back. Um, and just the way that I had to sit in the boat and, and, you know, probably not quite as, as I've always been curved, but probably not quite as curved as, as I was in previous years. And, um, you know, so, so a lot of, a lot of those things have been driven by necessity, I guess, um, as, as well as, uh, you know, trying to improve things. And then, uh, you know, the last few years, um, as, uh, as my, I guess my physicality, um, you know, I'm, I'm 42 years old now. So, as your sort of physicality uh, leaves you a little bit, um, you, you're not sort of capable of, um, of you know, just going out and, and smashing yourself uh, day to day. Um, then, you know, technically uh, there's, there's some things that, that, you know, have to, you have to be as efficient as you possibly can. So, you know, the last couple of years very much been, been sort of working more on that. Um, you know, even things like blade depth, uh, that's something that, that has been, um, I guess, throughout my career, I bury my blades pretty, pretty heavily. But um, you know, is it something that I've, I've really been working on the last few years? Um, but you know, ultimately, anything that you change, uh, you you need to to make sure it's it's, it's making the boat go faster. Uh, if it's not going to make the boat go faster, then don't don't worry about it. Um, and I know Dick is someone he. You know, he's always said, you know, look at the blades, look at the boat. Um, it doesn't matter what's going on within the boat, as long as the, you know, and and I I very much believe in that. Um, you know, whatever happens to your body, it doesn't really matter as long as it's not affecting, you know, the way that the boat's moving. Um, and as soon as it affects the way the boat's moved, then it needs to change. But, um, you know, if if yeah, effectively your stern is your your best coach and um, you know, if you're, you're not stopping it, you're picking it up effectively, then it, it doesn't really matter too much how you do that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's I guess, uh, you know, what I'd, I'd say on, on technique. And um, I think you see across the world people winning in different ways. No, of course. And I think rowing's a, a wonderful sport where, you know, there are many w- different ways to skin a cat. Um, and, I, I, you know, I think it, it just reminds me of the the chat with drew Ginn. we that was a fantastic chat where we got got into technique and, and rhythm and whatnot but looking just looking at your rowing just being a little bit more specific i think 
when you when you look at your stroke, one thing that stands out uh, is is you you have quite an aggressive catch, and I'm in, interested to know if, if that's something that you that you aim for and, and that you've coached for, or is, that, or is that just something you know that's just a, an aspect of your your personal rowing stroke that's always been there is, is that aggressive catch? Yeah, it's it's probably um, from from a couple of things. Uh, obviously, it's it's uh, the aim is picking up the stern as, as quickly as you can. Um, and for me, that's sort of the way that that uh, I've done it. Um, you know, is, is just making sure those blades are in and locked as, as quickly as possible. Um, and you know, and, and that that's probably the the biggest um, reasoning. As I was just talking about the blade depth, and that's partly because of that aggressive catch. So it's something that that I have very much been working on the last couple of years. But it's you know, it's just trying to find that balance where you can still pick up the stern quickly, um, you know, with with being a little bit nicer, I guess, in, into the water. So, um, yeah, those those are those are all things. But again, it's um, yeah, it's, it's not something that I went and I'm going to slap the catch in here. Um, that's that's definitely not the intention. It's it's kind of more, um, you know, I want to pick up the stern, and and that was kind of the way that it, it just sort of developed that, you know, when I got the blades in quickly, um, you know, I could pick up the stern effectively. So, um, yeah, that's, that's probably a lot of my technique is, is probably more a result of, of trying to move the boat than, um, you know, actually thinking, okay, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to, going to do this. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I think I, I very much subscribe to, um, I guess, you know, I think it is similar to what Drew um, sort of talks about. It's, it's that feeling, it's that rhythm, and and you've got to you've got to try to find that, um, you know, and your way to find that. Uh, so it's 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 all about how that boat feels and and how you're you're moving it. Yeah, it's oh, it's always awesome to to talk about rowing technique, and as you say, like there's so many different ways to get it right there's no like textbook okay this is this is how you do it and if you do it like this you're going to win there's 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 so many different opinions and and as you say it's like it's finding your way and uh and that's i think one of the 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 most beautiful parts of of rowing and going into to we want to just touch on the the 2020 uh campaign of yours and you know you you took 2017 off and then you came back and and rode in the quad and then moved into the eight for for 2019. And, you know, was your plan, did you know that you weren't done with rowing after 2016 or did you kind of call it a day and then get uh, get pulled back into it? Um, How did that uh, return to rowing work out for you? Yeah, it was was an interesting one because leading into Rio, I very much thought that, um, you know, I was, I was done. Um, this was going to be my last Olympics, and I, I probably the like that was probably up until the last three months. And then the last three months um, going in, I was I was kind of like, you know, I'm I'm really loving this still, and uh, I felt like you know I was I was still as as good as as I could be. Um, you know, going into to Rio, and I thought maybe maybe I've got one more in me. So it was actually quite quickly after Rio that I decided I wanted. To carry on but um you know had had some family commitments and um you know we we had our second child uh, born in january um after that so 
you know, I, I wanted to be at home for a while and, and um, you know, be a dad. And so that, that's what I did. Um, and yeah, that was, that was fantastic. Just, just being, um, you know, having something completely different. Uh, but yeah, that, that time off, uh, I guess, as I said, I had, I had that time off in 2013 and that time off in, in uh, two, uh, sort of end of 216, 217, um, you know, that was harder to come back from uh, just being that much older. Uh, so, you know, it was it was pretty tough a uh, few months just, just trying to get back into to shape. And um, the goal was, was always uh, the single, um, you know, to stay in the single. And uh, obviously we had, had Robbie Manson and, um, you know, I was, I was unable to get that seat. Um, and it's it's funny sometimes how how things work out because uh, you know that 2018 I would have never I would have never tried the quad um, had I not had I not not made it in the single um, but you know that was probably one of my most rewarding um, years in rowing and um, you know I was still still very proud of of what we achieved as a crew there because um, you know we were together for five weeks. Um, and that was basically because I, I lost the trial in Lucerne um, at, at the World Cup. And um, then I, I had a stress fracture um, there. So I had to uh, have a few weeks off. And then by the time I got back, we, we had five weeks together to put a, put a world championship um, sort of campaign together. And, um, you know, yeah, it was, it was just very rewarding because uh, of what the other guys did. And, you know, those guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm immensely proud that they they just lifted to a level that, you know, they'd never been to before. And, um, you know, I, was, I remember the, um, you know, that, that world champs and, you know, we, we raced the heat and went in with, you know, I guess a lot of expectation, um, you know, and, and I, I drove it quite hard, you know, put a lot of pressure on them you know this is this is our opportunity we've got to do it <clears throat> and uh you know we we had a shocking hate <laughs> um hmm. and uh, you know it was it was interesting it was a, a real learning for me because you know i was i was putting my my preparation and my attitude onto the crew this is how we prepare this is how we do it and it didn't work for them um and so, you know, it was, it was really interesting those few days afterwards because, you know, we sat down, we, we probably learned more about each other in those, those next couple of days than, um, you know, at, at any point. And, you know, I realized that what makes me good and, and how I prepare um, is how I prepare and that's what works for me. But for other people, you know, they have to prepare. So sort of from that, we, we agreed that, you know, in, in preparing for the race, um, we would all go away and we would prepare how we needed to prepare and we would show up at the boat ready, um, you know, individually ready. And when we put our hands on the boat, then we were a crew and we were going to do it together. And, um, you know, after that repechage, you know, we had the, the Aussies um, who were, were good and, and we had the Lithuanians who were the world champions and we had to beat one of those crews to, to make it through the final and. Uh, you know, a men's quad from New Zealand in this era has never made a, an A final. So, um, you know, it was a, a lot of pressure. Um, and, you know, there was, there was, but, you know, again, we, we had a great race and, and we beat the Lithuanians and, and made the final. And, um, you know, as I say, I was just so proud of those guys because 
after that race, um, you know, I thought, okay, well, we've made the final, but we're done because, you know, they were they were in all sorts of, uh, you know, they just never raced that hard um, and they'd, they'd found their, their level, um, you know, was, were, I guess, found their limits were well beyond what they thought they were. Um, and, you know, just looking at them physically, I was like, you know, there's no way these guys can bounce back in two days and, and race like that again. Um, and we got into the final and, and, you know, we were right up the front of the field and I was like, man, these guys just, this is incredible. Um, you know, and, and it was a, a really good lesson because, you know, what I brought to that boat was not, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't able to, you know, make the, the four or five seconds that those guys found, um, you know, just from, from my physicality, it was, it was just, I guess my presence in the boat helped helped uh get um you know get everything out of out of those guys and um you know that was that was awesome and uh you know i'm, I'm uh, just just really proud of, of what we achieved and but gutted we uh ended up finishing fourth by 0.1 of a second because it would have been nice to, to come away with a bronze medal um but you know it was it was still a, a pretty special regatta um and uh you know it, it was pretty awesome to to be involved in that crew so you know, it was, a, it was a really weird year because obviously I had that disappointment of not getting the single, but then in hindsight, I got to try something that, that I would have never tried. And as I say, was, was one of the most rewarding experiences, um, you know, in, in, uh, in my career. So, you know, that was, that was a, a really interesting one. And I guess, um, you know, that led on to the following year with, with the opportunity to, um, with Hamish coming back to, to one row of Hamish, but uh, two to, um, you know, to, to try something and, and try to get an eight going. And, um, you know, it was, again, it was a, a pretty rewarding year. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, we, we had a, a good year and, and, you know, pretty proud of, of what we achieved. Probably uh, our highlight of that year was um, was that, that Henley final. Um, you know, that was just one of those days that, you put everything together and, and um, you know, we, we absolutely destroyed that British eight, um, which was, uh, you know, incredibly satisfying on, yeah. uh, on, on their home water. But, um, you know, unfortunately we didn't, didn't quite uh, qualify when, when it counted. And, uh, you know, again, just, just brutal race, you know, with half a second, um, you know, just being the difference between, uh, you know, that field. So, I mean, uh, so you touched on on a lot of stuff there, and then the and the one thing that we we wanted to ask about there uh, is we saw on on Instagram that that you actually did quite a lot of uh, pairs rowing with with Hamish, and was that uh, how was that, and then how and then was that actually an an option, or is is was the eight always the the main focus? Um, yeah, well, I, I guess uh, at that time we we already had a pair, um, and they're they're a good pair. Um, so, you know, they, they'd already been selected, so there was never an option for that at the time, but, um, and saying that we, we never, we, you know, we were, we were rowing a pair together because, uh, we were both, well, I was trying to get back to sweep, he was trying to get back to rowing, um, and the other guys were training sort of 20k and we were only doing 12 or, you know, 16, just, just trying to build up. So, yeah, there was, there's never really any thought that that was a, a boat, um, you know, it was, it was a, a means to an end to, to get us back into the eight. And even, you know, some days we'd go in the eight, we'd do 16K or so, and then we'd go out in the pair 
um, just so, you know, the other guys could go and, and keep training in, in the eight. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, you know, I guess, guess rowing with him, but, but the goal, uh, from the outset when Hamish came back was, was the eight. So, um, yeah, that was, that was what we were very much focused on. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously it, it must have been quite disappointing, but I think, you know, if you look at just as an outsider and you look at, um, you know, last year's world champs and, it's just it's really interesting to to listen because I mean at the at the beginning of the conversation I remember you you speaking about what it was like post two thousand and it was like there's no one around and it was hardly anyone there and then you look at last year and like New Zealand is pretty much competing in every single uh, you know most events that are, that are out there and I think there's so much you know potential and there's so many opportunities and you're looking over your career and you know all the guests you've spoken about it's incredible what you know disappointments how those how those can manifest and catalyze into fantastic success later on. Um, and then just moving a bit forward, speaking about, uh, you know, this year and maybe what your plans are, I'm sure that you, 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 the single must be on your mind and, you know, what's your plans going for towards Tokyo and also maybe to chat to us a little bit about, you know, racing against Robbie because, you know, Robbie, you can just tell he's such a fantastic athlete and he's got such incredible skill in the, in the skull. So I'm sure that must have been, you know, a, a good opportunity to race against, you know, someone like that. Yeah, it's um, yeah, obviously, uh, it's been a been a really weird, um, you know, twelve months or so since since the last World Champs, yeah. and um, it's interesting. Like the the eight, uh, you know, I, again, I love I love the eight. Um, I just I just don't understand it. Um, <laughs> that's probably the the biggest reason. I just it's such a like it's like a basically a a 500 meter, like flat out 500 meters, and then just hang on. And there's just basically it all depends on on how that first 500 meters yeah. has gone. Because if if you're down, you you're down. That's it. You're not coming back. There's not there's not the ability to change your speed enough to you know to to make up a length in the next 1500 meters. And if you have a bad uh, a bad start, you know you you can come back from that. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I was sort of talking about two fifteen. Um, you know, it's, uh, I'd had a poor um, first first K, and I, I still was right in at the end. Whereas that just doesn't happen in the eight. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a, an interesting experience. But um, and then you know, from there, you know, I sort of decided to go back in the single, and then um, you know, and then uh, obviously the way it played out, Robbie decided to go into the double. So. Then my my sort of pathway was was fairly free, I guess. Um, and then uh, you know it was it was kind of tight for time, I guess. Um, you know, just trying to put it all together, uh, coming out of the eight and, and back into the single. And uh, you know, I was I got into a pretty good position in March. Um, it was great, obviously, having Robbie over the summer because he is an exceptional athlete. And um, you know, just having that that uh, I guess marker of of you know where you've where you've got to be, and um, you know, it's obviously hasn't hasn't quite showed that form at, at the big occasion. But um, you know, you see some of the World Cups that he's raced; it's yeah. just phenomenal. I remember phenomenal. I was on my year off um, watching him in Poznan, and uh, you know, I just, I just watched that race, and I was just like, like, you know, he's he's you know, how can he be beaten? Um, yeah. You know, when he when he races like that, so. 
yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's quite quite amazing. And then, so yeah, as I say, March was, uh, I was I was in pretty good shape, and uh, obviously there's things developing around the world. And I was thinking, man, we're in a good position here in New Zealand. And then you know we're locked down. Then the Olympics was postponed, and then I lost all motivation. I was like, I'm done. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I literally thought that was that was me. Um, you know, I was been for a bike ride one day and I got 15 minutes in and I was like no nah, I don't want to do this and I turned around I came home I've never never happened to me before where just there's no motivation to ride um you know I'll train and uh you know it's hard we weren't able to be on the water through that lockdown and I, I just I had no motivation I didn't want to do ergs or cycle I, I ended up forcing myself to um just go out and do something every day to keep my options open and as soon as we got back on the water, I was like, okay, no, this is, this is, um, you know, I, I still love this. And, you know, it was actually interesting because it went from being a negative to being a positive where I was kind of like, you know, I've actually got now 16 months to prepare for this. And, you know, I can, I can really get to where I want to be. I can do everything I need to do. Um, I can really build up slowly. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was looking, <clears throat> looking pretty good. And, uh, unfortunately at the end of July, it, I hurt my back and um, it's been a pretty severe injury. So I've been, been uh, yeah, well, fairly well out uh, for the last four months and, um, you know, just, just starting to get back into it again now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very, very strange year and, uh, you know, you just never quite knew what was what was around the corner. But, mm. um, you know, it's great to be back training now and, and still got nine months to, to try to put it all together. So, um, you know, touch wood if, if my back can, can hold out, um, yeah, I'll be in the single. But, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously over the next couple of months, if um, I realise that I just haven't quite got the time to, to get that, um, you know, base back, then, uh, yeah, may, may look at other options. So we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, two points there, like you spoke about uh, how different the eight is. And I mean, really, it's it's opposite extremes going from the, the single to the eight. And I think, you know, for watching uh, you go into the eight, I think we, I was, uh, me and Jake, maybe secretly rooting for you because, you know, to, to do the, the gold medal in the, in the skull and then to jump in the eight and, and maybe pull off a result would have been a really cool, cool story. And then, but then also seeing you coming back into the singles also really exciting because, you know, to, to go for it for that, um, that, that, you know, maybe the third time would be, would be really incredible. So like, obviously watching you, you're watching the single race at the moment. There's a lot of new names on the, on the scene and there's some, some really fast athletes out there. And I mean, yeah, you must be kind of itching your, to to get out there and, and have a go and, and see where where, where you kind of up. stack up, especially after the the year we've had with with absolutely no racing Crazy and times. and no kind of uh, yeah idea of of what what what's everyone else is doing and and what's happening in the the rest of the world. Oh yeah, for sure. It's been um, yeah, it's been hard. I guess watching from the sidelines and and uh, you know like seeing how close all these races are and you kind of just like man I, I want to be there I want to see see where I would where I would fit in um you know because you, you're just having to do that off numbers and trying to deduce if, if I did this you know this is where I'd be so yeah it's, it's certainly something um you know but I I would love to um be in there and and get a gauge and you know it's going to be 
strange because uh, at the moment, you know, our borders are closed and it doesn't look like that's going to have open up um, anytime soon. So, you know, the prospect is that, that we're not actually going to get to to race. Like the first time I'll race these guys is is at the Olympics. Um, you know, that's that's uh, looking like you know the most likely. So it's, it's going to be a very very strange uh, kind of time. We'll be watching, I guess, from afar as as they're all racing and and trying to you know work out the numbers and, and figure out where you stand. But you know, we probably won't find out in, until the actual Olympics. So um, yeah, that's that's going to be be fascinating. Um, obviously, having uh, well, Robbie is is just retired, but um, prior to that, I kind of had that that yardstick from Robbie. So um, you know, I, I kind of knew sort of where I where I might sit um, in that field, and uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one um, because uh, you know, when when races are that close, um, you you just don't know like. Uh, what that actually means, um, you know, and, and uh, generally uh, it means that there's not there's not one standout person, um, but knowing where the level is, you just you just get no gauge when it's when it's that tight, um, because uh, yeah, you've got different people winning all the time and uh, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's going to be a, a fascinating year to come. Yeah, and then this this kind of wraps it up quite nicely, and we're going to move into our you know last set of questions for the interview. Um, we have these questions; we ask them to every single guest, and they are our quick fire questions. Um, and we'll go straight into the first one. And the first one is I'm going to actually it's going to be interesting because we've spoken a lot about different boat classes. But if you could race any boat class at the Olympic Games, what would it be? Um. Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one. I, like, I, well, I, I think I think uh, the single is, is definitely the one that that I love, and you know, it's just that that sort of gladiatorial kind of kind of race. Um, but I kind of feel like I've done that, so um, I think I'd, I'd have to go with the eight. That was, yeah. you know, that was what the goal was. Um, and you know, in saying, you know, the eight, uh, the one thing that that I guess. I was in awe of last year and the eight was the Germans and just the ability to be so consistent race after race and just keep performing. You know, it doesn't matter where they are, like in that first 500, they, they find a way to, to come through and, and win. you know, that was, that was probably the, the one thing that, um, you know, I, I certainly took my hat off to and uh, I would have loved to, uh, to be able to, to achieve the same, you know, just just that consistency uh, in a boat like that is is uh, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, we we've spoken about it before. Where like the Germans, they're one of the few crews that has the ability in the eight to change speed. And I mean, you spoke about how difficult it is to change speed in the eight, and yet somehow they they manage to to do it uh, every now and then when it's when it counts. Yeah, no, it, it is it is amazing to see. I'd love to be in there. Maybe, maybe jump in their boat for uh, for a, a couple of races. Just see what it's like. Yeah, I think uh, jumping in their eight would be, uh, I think, terrifying and awesome at the yeah. same time. I think uh, it would be <laughs> <laughs> quite an eye opener, especially um, you know, especially when they. I mean, you watch the starts, and sometimes it it looks so kind of relaxed and 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 easy but you know that that when you're in the boat works. it's it's a little bit uh, it's going to be a little bit different 
So the next question we have is if you could choose any three people from uh, anywhere, anytime um, to jump in a, in a four or a, or a quad, uh, which athletes would you choose? I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go with rowing athletes because uh, they're who I know the most. And um, I think this is this has probably changed over the years, but um, I think right now I would love to row with Kerry and Grace um, from the women's pair. They're just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I've never seen a, yeah. a pair. Like the, the way I, I just... I, I've trained alongside them, and um, I can't I can't quite figure out um, how they make the boat go so fast. So I I want to be in a boat with them so I can uh, try to figure that out. Um, and then um, uh, I'd probably have to take Olaf um, just because uh, yeah we we just have then we'd we'd have a lot of fun with it as well. So uh, yeah, that would. That would be my four, but there's uh, there's so many more people and and boats that I would uh, I would love to to love to try, but um yeah that would be my uh, my dream uh, dream probably probably rough four with with those girls. So. Yeah, mm. you have to often have to stop people because they they always want to add in extra people, <laughs> but uh, yeah I think uh, yeah. that's a pretty good one, and I'm sure there's there's many many more people that you would love to row with, and it's really cool that you you chose Olaf because. You guys have uh, the stalwarts of, of rowing and have been around for so long, I and mean, it would be awesome to to see you guys in a boat together. Yeah, yeah. No, we've we've rowed. Uh, oh, we've been in pair, double, eight, obviously uh, quad. So yeah, yeah, we've we've tried a few different boats, but That's unfortunately cool. not been able to race them. So the the next question is: um, What is your favourite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again? It uh, it doesn't have to be one of your races. It can be anything from, you know, anything from any time. Well, <laughs> not necessarily my favourite, but the one that I've watched over and over again is my my London race. Um, mainly because every time I do a speech or something, it, it seems to come up. But um, yeah, that's that's the one that, that the is the actual one that I've watched the most. Um, the one that I would choose to watch the most. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, that's a hard one. Again, there's, there's a there's been a lot of um, a lot of great races uh, over the year um, over the years. Um, actually, yeah, probably actually it would be one of mine again. It would be uh, racing Kittle Borsch at Henley. And it's oh, uh, a good choice. The reason, very good choice. <laughs> the reason is, is just watching like watching the pain. In that last like 150 meters on his face is just is just priceless. Yeah, well, that, that was a very good race. We we had Jittle uh, on the on the show, and the way he spoke about that race was it was just painful just to listen yeah. to him speak about that race and uh, and that pain. And I think every rower knows exactly kind of what he's going through, and he, uh, it looked like he's going through it times ten. Oh, like I I I have the utmost respect for that man because. To be able to go and just put yourself through that, um, you know, he came up to me after the race and he came to talk to me and like he had like bloodshot eyes and he was just he was just like a broken man. I was just like, I I have a massive amount of respect for what you have put yourself through and uh, and uh, yeah, that was quite incredible. 
I know you chose uh, two of your races, and I was going to say it's it's really difficult. You've been in so many races; it's hard to to not choose uh, choose races that you've you've been part of. So, the next question is: If you were in charge at World Rowing, what would you change, and why? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I th- I think um, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't change a huge amount. There's there's all there's a whole range of things that you know you'd love to do and and all that sort of thing. I think um, the biggest thing that I would say is is I would love to see uh, world rowing become a little bit more proactive in um, you know finding the the way forward for our sport and um, I kind of feel like they're very reactive you know the IOC says something and they react um, but you know I, th- I think there could be some some planning and and thinking about you know how we could make our sport better and and actually take those proposals to the IOC is, you know, this is what we'd like to do. And, um, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And, and, you know, I, I just, I just feel like that would be a, a better way to be. So we have control over our sport rather than someone else dictating to us. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of ideas and what I've always, I've always liked the thought of is almost having like a, um, like a, a world series, I guess, and and you know, a world series takes in like a a number of different disciplines, and you know, you you almost you know you you get points for for each one. You could have you know the world championships could be your two k. You, know, you you might you know go to Henley, you might go to uh, the head of a Charles to you know the the silver skiff in uh, in Turin. You know, you you race over all these different um, races and and disciplines, and you you earn points at, at each one or whatever, and so you you have a, like overall a sort of a, a series champion. Mm. Um, awesome. You know, I'd love to to see something like that. Um, I guess around the two k racing, I think you know the the one bugbear I've I've had and and I still have is is the fairness um, is finding a way to to be fairer and yeah. You know, in my personal opinion, it's it's allowing allowing the crews to choose their lanes, yeah. um, and that has to be done like at the start of a race. Mm. So as they're going into the blocks, they choose. You know, if, if you won your semi final, you get you get first choice of your lane, um, and you know I think you'd just take out the whole fairness aspect of the sport because you know we've seen it you know so many times. Um, you know, even last year in Linz, uh, there's a couple of races. There's uh, racing in uh, you know 2008, uh, 18 at um, uh, Plovdiv. You know, it's it just you know it, this is now athletes are putting so much into this, and um, you know to to lose a race or to not make a semi final or not qualify for the Olympics because um, you know there was there was unfair conditions, and you know in our sport we're going to have that. Uh, we're going to have unfair conditions. Uh, that's just the nature of it. But that's why you win your races is, is you get your first pick. And if, if you don't win your race and you don't get first pick, well, you, you've got no, no complaint because, um, you know, there's, there's just, there's just no unfairness. So that, that, in my mind, that's how you, you change that. Yeah, um, I definitely is, yeah, is allow it, agree. Yeah. It's like, it makes so much sense. And, you know, most of the time it's going to be pretty straightforward. You know, the weather's going to be flat or, you know, uh, pretty thing and people are going to choose the, the middle lanes. But, you know, when it's a bit crossy and there's a bit of a discussion, first it adds a whole discussion element 
to the to the sport from a spectator point of view and then it puts peace of mind to to the athletes because they they get to choose the the lane that they race in puts responsibility in the athlete's hands yeah when you're coming into a situation where things are looking a little bit dodgy and and unfair then rather have the instead of having the responsibility rest on you know the the organizers hands and you know of a lot of the times they don't make decisions fast enough that rectify unfair races there's usually like a couple races that go by that are just ruined because unfair conditions and then they change this way around you immediately have that feedback where athletes are making decisions in real time in real life and i think the responsibility that shift in responsibility would make a massive difference in the the fairness of the sport yeah, unfortunately, they, the, when they've done the trials, they've always done it. You know, you've got to select half an hour or an hour before your race. And, you know, the problem with that is you're warming up and the conditions change. And then, you know, then they say, oh, well, you chose your lane. It's like, well, yeah, I changed my lane on the conditions at the time. But, you know, yeah, I, I just think I just think that's a way to, to, you know, completely get rid of this whole discussion. Um, you know, as I say, you know, I, I talked about, Two fourteen, and um, you know how, how I thought that was unfair. But you know, you wouldn't even have that conversation if you know if if I'd have lost my semi final, and um, you know I got the lane that that I got because I didn't win. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's not a you just you just take that whole conversation out of the sport, which I think you know would would improve our sport. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely one area that can can be better, but. Moving on to the next question, and this this one here, this is the the holy grail of questions in this sport. It's uh, what is your two K PB? Yeah, my my PB is five forty one. Um, but uh, in saying that, I haven't I haven't been on an erg since two ten. Um, to do uh, to do two K. So uh, yeah, it's that's when I hurt my back actually in the warm up of that PB, um, and. Uh, yeah, since that time, I haven't haven't had to do any uh, any further two um, K test on a on a concept. So, well, yeah, it was you, my my last and, and best. If you're going to tap out on a on the ergo, there five forty one is a pretty good number to to leave on the on the on the the screen. I think it's we must actually go back and have a look. We've been looking to to put a a, uh, a kind of like leaderboard a, up on on it or and I think you you're going to be near the top. It's going to be really tight actually between you and uh, and Eric. I think you guys are Yeah, we we've been thinking of doing something like you know on Top Gear they have uh, the star and the reasonably priced crown. They have those little slots. We planning we want to get that involved there and, and give Oaks the the leaderboard on on what the ergos look like. Well, I I can actually tell you uh that was we both did the same number on that same day, but I beat Eric by point three of a second, oh. and uh, <laughs> that was one of my motivations. So um, we we discussed it right at the start, um, so that like when when we came into the squad, you know, we we were the first two New Zealanders to go under six minutes, and I can't exactly remember the numbers, but you know, it was round fifty eight, something like that, and he beat me um, on that erg. And that was that moment. I was like, I'm never going to let him beat me again. <laughs> and so from that moment until I finished doing ergs, he never beat me on an erg. And sometimes it came down to point one or point two, but he never beat me uh, again on any erg um, that we did. So um, yeah, that was that was a, 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 a thing <laughs> of pride, I guess. 
That's and that's, that's what I say because I, I remember that one because I, I hurt my back in the warm up, um, and I was like my back's pretty sore, and we uh, we we had our two k and I, I knew what Eric had done, and I was like right I'm I'm not gonna let him beat me <laughs> so in uh, and pulled a PB. Oh, it's so <laughs> Actually, cool. Just looking back now, it must be it must be quite nice. I mean, you you spoke about how you and Eric went through the development program together. It must be quite nice from you know just looking at how his career took off and. What he what he's done in the in the pair is incredible. So I mean, it must be pretty cool to see, you know, almost a, a a compatriot and a peer that's come come from a very similar origin from that you have and and gone into such good to achieve such great things. Yeah, no, it is, and um, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, I think our team, especially early on, you know, it was very it was like a family. You know, because as I said, two thousand five, we had eleven athletes, so um, you know, we knew each other so well, and and. You know, feeding off that success, and and I know in London, um, you know, it gave me a massive amount of confidence. They came down the course and and finished their race just before I went out for my race, and and um, you know, to to see them win in such dominant fashion, I was like, well, you know, prognostically, I know where I sit against them, and if if they're doing that, you know, I've, I've got a lot of confidence that. You know, we're on the right track to, um, you know, to to go and replicate that. So, you know, I think that that's been the theme with New Zealand rowing across the whole time is is that competition, um, but ultimately that that competition and and um, you know support is is fantastic. And as I say, like Kerry and Grace, you know, they they uh, well, a woman's pair shouldn't be a training partner for a uh, men's single, but they're so fast that they are, and um, you know, just. Just watching them, you know, the way that they can train and stuff is uh, is fantastic. You know, just just being there every day and and uh, and you know pushing each other to to those levels is is, is awesome. Yeah, and it's it's always quite quite exciting because you like you spend the whole season racing your teammates and competing against them, and it's and it's quite brutal at at certain times. But then you you travel overseas and it's then you become like one team and and everyone is kind of you know you the. The support is so good success, and feeding yeah. off each other and, and it's, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really cool, healthy environment to, to be a part of. Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, we're very lucky here to, to have so many great, great athletes. Yeah, and, and so many athletes setting the standards so high and, and, and knowing that, okay, if you, can, if you can box with these athletes on the prognostic sheet, then you, you, you're in the, in the running for, for good results. So... The last question um, from from us is: If you could, if you could choose a different sport to go to the the Olympic Games in, uh, which sport would you choose? Yeah, again, it's, it's just <laughs> I, I love sports. So, um, well, there's, there's probably two here, and one um, I always wanted to be a runner. So, you know, I would love to to uh, go and and run at the Olympics, but. I was never fast enough, and never, never even, uh, even remotely fast enough to ever, ever sort of consider that dream. So it's very much a dream. Um, and the other one is cross country skiing, and again, it's it's just so much like rowing, you know, that that aerobic base, and but you know, we we do a little bit of it, and just absolutely love it. So um, you know, I'd love to love to go and race on the snow as well. Yeah. So. If you were so, if you're choosing running, say you you got to to change your your physiology, which what events were you would you be looking at, like the the shorter hundred meter sprints, or are you the looking marathon, for baby. the marathon and the and some more pain? 
Oh, I think I think to be honest, I think the four hundred is like yeah. just an event I absolutely love watching. Um, you know, you just see these guys and, and you know, they just start tying up, you know, with three hundred meters gone and you see down the back straight you see someone that you think's gonna win and then he just just completely binds up and um, you know, just, you know, just can't make it to the finish line. I think, you know, that would be a, a pretty awesome uh, event to to do it's right in that crossover sort of anaerobic to aerobic so. yeah yeah and i definitely think you know when when i look at that olympics and i want to look at, at at events that kind of showcase the the human physiology and the human skill i mean obviously from from a rowing perspective i can have a, a very keen understanding of 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 that in the, in the rowing but when i look at other sports running strikes me immediately when i when i watch the marathon runners when i watch the people doing the 10k you know, I've I've run in in you know I've done ten k's and whatever, but when I watch them, I get it's just you can appreciate the kind of level that those guys are competing against. It makes it almost so superhuman, um, and I think it's just because maybe running is such an intrinsic thing to a human being that when you watch someone run twenty six minutes for ten kilometers, you're like, how on earth does someone run that fast? Or you know, cracking the two trying to crack the two hour barrier for a marathon. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible just watching uh, people and and what they are capable of, um, you know, in, in a, a range of sports, and that's why I love sport. I just yeah. just love that, um, you know, just watching watching everything for for the different aspects, and you know, even watching something like golf, you know, and and just just seeing what they can do, um, you know, with with that ball is 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 quite incredible, um, you know, through to that. Yeah, that marathon, you know, running under two hours. It's just, just, you know, and, and I think that was one thing that struck me at my first Olympics in Athens is, is actually going watching those people live is, is an absolute eye opener. And I remember we watched, um, uh, because, um, out near obviously where the, the course was, uh, was, was where the marathon started. Um, and, you know, we went and watched the women's marathon and they ran past us and, I was just, you know, I've watched it on TV, but but actually seeing that live, and I was thinking, man, I I could barely sprint that fast, yeah. and they're going to do that for forty two k. It's just just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's it is so crazy, and it's, yeah, I think it's one of the the cool parts about the the Olympics is like you know when we go to World Champs, it's it's just rows around you, and even that's pretty amazing and pretty cool. But then you get to the games, and it's every single sport, and it's heroes that you you've looked up to for so many years and yeah it's just uh, a really special place to be in i think yeah that's why i love and and we're so lucky in rowing because we uh we finish after the the first week so then that second week you know i just i just try to go out and see two three sports a day and even something like handball or you know things that you've never seen before but you know it's just just amazing to to go and watch and um yeah, just just enjoy just different different people and and you know different skills and and that sort of thing. Yeah, because I remember at Rio, I went to watch um, the BMX racing, and like I mean, I was just I was so far removed from it, I don't really know anything about it. I went to watch it, and like instantly, you just get drawn in, and like I just couldn't believe how like I mean, I thought rowing was brutal, but they people are crashing like every single yeah. race and like there's your Olympic dreams just dashed on the rocks. Goodbye. And kneecap. Yeah. So, I mean, every sport well, is just yeah, incredible. 
I've just I've watched that as well. Um, and I, what I can't believe is is effectively it's down that ramp and around the first corner. So the first five seconds that decides <laughs> a medal. And I just think like imagine going to a going in an event like that where your your whole event, your whole four years comes down to you know probably well it's probably even two seconds. You know yeah. that decides how you're going to do, it and it's just just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely amazing. So I think that brings us uh, to the end. I mean, I know that we have uh, not covered everything, but I don't think we could probably chat for another six hours and and not chat. And (laughs) I think from our side, just a huge thanks so much for for giving us a huge chunk of your time. And I mean, it's always awesome to to chat to Rose and especially uh, one of the greats. So yeah, thanks so much for, for giving us a huge piece of your time. Oh, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, good luck with with the show. I have, have listened to a few episodes, and um, it's really interesting to to hear all the the inside, I guess, of of different athletes and how they prepare. So uh, keep up the good work. All right, thanks a lot, Mahi, and of course, thanks thanks for me, and uh, have a have a good day. Uh, I believe it's your Sunday off, so enjoy enjoy the rest. Yep, will do. Yeah, and we're really hoping that uh, you get the the back right, and oh, and we get to see you coming down the track in the in the single skull. That'll be to be really really awesome to to watch. Yeah, we're looking forward to being a part of it. Sweet guys, that's a wrap for Mahi Drysdale Part Two, and what an epic episode! What an awesome gentleman and a scholar, and an absolute legend of the sport. I mean, if you listen to that episode and you don't have the utmost respect for for Mahi, then uh, then yeah, I don't know what uh, people you're hanging around with. Yeah, no, it was like you said. I mean, a, a legend of sports, uh, one of the best of all time. And just wisdom coming out um, in the droves and droves. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I think, uh, you know, just listening to him talk about his training um, and his, you know, the the, the kind of the, the mind behind the man was uh, really interesting. And obviously, the quick fire questions are always a, a massive, massive hoot. But, yeah, besides that, guys, uh, thanks for supporting the show. Massive shout out to our, our Patreon subscribers. You guys are the best. The rest of you listeners, you are also the best, and uh, you, you can go find us on Patreon. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and you can get a hold of us on Gmail. Please, uh, support is epic, and you guys are the best. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Go and head over to the Patreon. Have a look at it. Go get a get a feel for, for what it is. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us. We will get back to you immediately. And yeah just a huge shout out and uh, if you don't want to join patreon just go tell some mates of yours about the show kind of grow it get it get a few more listeners for us but other than that we're ready to take 2021 to the next level and yeah we're really excited for for what's coming out this year so huge thanks to you thank you to you guys and until next time if you want the next episode earlier it's already out ilza polis is already out on patreon but otherwise wait and it'll come out to you guys shortly That's enough of us. Thanks, guys. Until next time, we're out. Cheers.